Welcome aboard, Fantasy Shipmates. My name is Robert Gonzalez, your fantasy captain. I'm joined alongside guest host here, Jared Dusablon. Tell us a little about yourself, Jared. Hello, world. I'm honored to be here with you today, Robert. I've been doing fantasy for nearly a decade now, and I've been, you know, pretty into it for the last three years. Addicted is, uh, I'm addicted to say the least. Yeah, that's good to hear. Well, last year, Jared made it to the fantasy championships in a league that we were doing in together, and he made it as a sixth seed. Uh, he was scooping up all the replacement running backs. I think he got some Damian Williams. Some Justin Jackson, he might have been a little relevant down the stretch, but I know he was just gobbling them all up. And he played that waiver wire all the way until the end, until he found himself competing for the title. So I try to bring you the top players that I know, and here's another one. He, he made fantasy playoffs and obviously almost won the whole thing last year. Yeah, in this league, I was all over the waiver wire. Two of my biggest ads being George Kittle and Tyler Boyd, who just worked out so well for me. And um, you remember that last year when Kittle went off in week 15? Yeah, yeah before he, he was a big name? Yeah, he secured my upset for the first round, which was awesome. I stashed Aaron Jones, too, which worked out great for me. And, uh, you know, proves to show that it's really not how you start. Yeah. It's how you finish in fantasy. Yeah, and I, I totally remember that because I wanted a piece of Aaron Jones. I had a feeling he'd break out. The whole free Aaron Jones movement, and you would not trade him for uh, Yeah, I remember you sent me a trade week four or something, and I said, no, no, yeah. he's, he's staying, he's home. Wait, wait to hold on, smart. <laughs> All right, so I got some things we got to settle. Last week, Nick and I, we had two pickle bets, one of them on Matthew Stafford, but he did not play, so that one kind of went out the window, and the other one on Ryan Tannehill. And I said he'd be a streamable asset against the Chiefs, and so when I think it's streamable, I think a 17 to 19 point range, essentially. And Nick excitedly said he'd be more than streamable, but once again, lowballed the bet and got it to 18 and a half, which is not my definition of more than streamable. But whatever, we'll, I digress. We'll move on. Uh, he landed right at 18.94, like we both somehow said, air quotes, but really me, not Nick. And so good news and bad news to that is that we got some guest hosts lined up the next few weeks. So that's a pickle bet we're going to have to settle on later in the season when he returns. Um, for now, I got some other fantasy studs to give you their perspectives on matchups moving forward. Uh, we're going to give you the best array of fantasy advice possible before going into these playoffs. So that's why I'm trying to get some new people in here every week. Unfortunately, without a pickle bet, we don't have a YouTube video to post this week. But we'll try to figure something out where we can still do pickle bets as we rotate hosts. Um, hopefully by next week, we'll have a YouTube video up again. All right, guys. So on to pirate placement. Pirate placement. For Sunday morning matchups. You ready, Jared? You, you got oh, yeah. this? I'm yeah. ready to go. How'd you do in your week, by the way? I did really well last week. and I'm in three leagues. Two of them, I'm kind of out of it. Uh, yeah. I had a bad start. I'm three and seven in both of them, but <sighs> never um, mind. You off the podcast. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, um, but one of them I'm doing really well. Uh, nine and one, so did really well. Had Pittsburgh's defense. Harrison Butker has been just great, great yeah. kicker for me. Mm -hmm. um, and you know, it's little things like that, like the kickers and the defense that that really work out. Um, with one so, of my old hosts, he had Harrison Bucker too, and he called it riding the butt train, and I absolutely hated it. So we will not <laughs> say that together. Yeah, and let me just say thank you to Lamar Jackson. That guy has been the best fantasy option. It, I mean, he is what I predicted would be this year's Mahomes, mm -hmm. and you know he's just working out wonders for me. He got 33 points in, in my standard league, 
I don't even think he played the fourth quarter. Yeah, he's yeah. incredible. The funny thing is, each each year you play, you learn a little bit, something different, something new. And what I took this year was I drafted Cam Newton as my first quarterback, and I was super excited. Like, I love dual-threat quarterbacks. So I, I thought Cam Newton would have a bounce-back year and kind of be where Lamar is now. And I thought of taking Lamar late. Some people I thought of, Mark Andrews and Lamar, were people I thought of late. But because I had Kelsey and Cam Newton... I didn't do it, and I took more shots on wide receivers that didn't pan out. So this next year, I, I won't be as afraid to take two quarterbacks, two tight ends. Usually I'm against it, but I think this year I learned the upside and the trade value. It might just be worth it if you think they're going to pop. Yeah, and I mean, another one of those guys could have easily, easily been Kyler Murray. I mean, you could have picked him just like I picked Lamar, and it could have been him. I mean, he could be the guy next year. Yeah, um, we'll, we'll see. He's been... Back and forth this yeah, week, yeah. this year. But um, he's been, when he pops, he pops. But, you know, Andrews is somebody I picked up in um, the league I was talking about that I'm doing so well. I picked him up, in I think, in week two mm-hmm. on the waiver wire. Uh, he's just been awesome. And, you know, I picked Dalvin Cook second overall in that league. So yeah. make sure to handcuff your backs. Make sure to handcuff your number ones. Your James Connors, get your Jalen Samuels. Madison, if you do not have Madison, you have Dalvin Cook. Trade for him right now. Yeah, dude, I don't know. I don't know if I like to live uh, dangerously, but it's funny. Another league mate of mine has Alexander Madison. I don't have any handcuffs as of right now. Uh, it's just hard for me to drop a wide receiver I really like. Like, I have Curtis Samuel. Alshon Jeffrey is probably the next person I would drop in my bench. But mm-hmm. I, I just keep holding on for, like, maybe one game he pops type of thing. You know what I mean? It's hard to, to trade some production for literally none until someone gets hurt. That's true, and you know, with with the bye weeks, the bye Mageddon's, dude. Um, this it, next week's gonna be brutal for yeah, me. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's hard. I mean, I'm so ahead in the league I'm in. I'm just gonna choose not to get a kicker because I don't want to drop my handcuffs, or because I have the Niners defense and Pittsburgh defense. Yeah, and those two have. I've just been swapping them in and out all season. Yes, yeah, those, those two have just been great ads. Yeah, uh, Pittsburgh's defense, pick it up. <laughs> even trade for it. Yeah, yeah. Even trade for it. That that schedule for the playoffs looks great. Yeah, that's, that's going to be really important looking ahead, guys, for sure. So let me recap a little bit of my week. This week was probably one of the worst weeks of football for me. I absolutely hated it because as awesome as Monday night was, that Niners Seahawks match was really fun to watch. But for me personally, my Colts lost to the Dolphins, so I was just ashamed in actual NFL football. And then I'm I've been on a two loss skid for fantasy. Uh, I've been struggling with these bye weeks, just like you said. And the person I played, I was this week, I still was a top three scorer. But the person I played had the most points, and it wasn't even close, man. He had Christian Kirk, Aaron Jones, Mark Andrews, like three players Oof. right there. That's eight touchdowns. I, I didn't have a shot. It was, man, it was awful. So I need to win this week. And this, this is what this is for, man. Like, I got to get a W here. So we're going to be moving on to pirate placements this week. Pirate placement. We've been pretty gosh darn accurate. Our analysis, um, I'm pretty proud of us for that. I was sad that my analysis had the opponent's top guys having their bounce back week against me, but <laughs> yeah. it is what it is. Um, and then, all right, remember, guys, all our scoring and points against rankings are pulled from Yahoo PPR, 10 to 12 team leagues. And you know the drill. If they're starting, they are receiving the booty. And if they're benched, they're walking the plank. If they're getting an upgrade at the position, someone we can think about putting into the flex, keeping a crow's nest eye on them. 
And lastly, if they're getting downgraded, but you still got to keep them in their lineup, you are mopping the poop deck. And lastly, if you're feeling sick about a flex decision that you have to put in because you have no other option, they are a sickly, scurvy flex deck. All right, guys, so we got the Texans at Ravens first. For the Texans, this one should be a shootout, so that'll be fun to see. This game is going to have a lot of pieces on both sides of the ball. Uh, that being said, the Ravens' defense has been getting a lot better, and they're getting pieces yes, they back. Have. Yeah, they're getting pieces back from injury, and they traded that trade for Mark Peters is working out. Um, this defense is much improved, but Deshaun Watson is a quarterback stud, and I expect kind of a middle of the pack performance. We'll see how it goes. Baltimore ranks 22nd against quarterbacks, and it is in Baltimore, so this will definitely be one of Deshaun Watson and the Texans' tougher tests. Hopkins, he's seen 11 targets or more the last four games, and he receives the booty in this one. Uh, he is matchup proof, but also, even though Baltimore has improved, it's a place to attack him is in the wide receiver. They still rank ninth easiest against wide receivers. Uh, Will Fuller, he may return after this bye week, but Hopkins still, he's seen the targets, and we've seen that the secondary receiver has not been as fantasy relevant this year. Although Fuller and Kenny stand stills, is capable of busting a big play. I couldn't trust either of them moving forward uh, until one of them establishes themselves, at least with like two games of consistency. Both are walking the plank for me. Yeah, and you know, to add to that, this week is the first time Fuller's practiced in any capacity since initially exiting the, uh, the game week seven against the Colts. I mean, this is a good sign for Fuller owners out there if you've been stashing him. I mean, this guy will win you your week. If you don't know who to plug in your flex, you know, he's a great stash. Keep him on your bench because he can win you your week. But I'd wait just to see a performance before uh, plugging him in your lineup. Yeah, he had that one week of like 43 points. So he always has that capability for sure. I, yeah, I, I don't know. Whoever's bench, if you got room for it, I guess. But for me, I, I just don't think it'd be worth holding on. If you have better options, don't get me wrong. There's not much on the waiver wire these days, so I don't know who you drop them for. But, uh, yeah, Jared, Jared yeah. brings up a good point. He does have that huge upside if it happens. Yeah, it just depends who you have. If your bye weeks are out of the way, you got some bench spots, go for it. Um, or if you've just been hanging on to him, you know, keep hanging on to him because yeah. he might pay off. Boom bust for sure. Definitely. All right, guys, so two weeks ago, Duke Johnson had his best performance of the season. In fact, three of the last four weeks, he's actually reached 13 and a half fantasy points. So Carlos Ride has the rushing upside. He sees the volume. He's got 19 attempts at least five times this year. But his floor is low without a touchdown. These backs are, have been going back and forth all year. I wouldn't want to play either back in this matchup. Both are walking the plank for me. Um, against the 25th hardest run defense against running backs, a touchdown is really the only thing saving these backs' floors, and it wouldn't be worth the gamble. Johnson, he's the PPR back, slightly edges Carlos Hyde for me. Yeah, those those two are kind of iffy for me. If, if you got something else to go with, I'd go with them. Y you know, I can maybe see Duke Johnson doing a little better as the year goes on, maybe mm -hmm. in the playoffs. But, yeah, those two are a little little risky. Yeah. Uh, Darren Fells, he's a touchdown machine. He's scored six touchdowns in the last seven games. He's been on fire. But the only thing is he's kind of a bipolar tight end. His floors can go as low as 1.9, but his ceilings can be as high as 23.8. So at the tight end position, he's definitely worth taking the risk. I'd keep a crow's nest eye on him. But even, even against 
the 26th ranked tight end defense, which is Baltimore, he's still worth keeping that crow's nest eye on. Just tight end positions then, man. It, yeah, you you got to take your shots. I stashed him and uh, Hollister for this oh, next week. I, I was about to say that. I stashed Hollister in two leagues. Yeah. Um, I said, you know what? This guy looks so good. He caught eight catches for 10 targets, I believe it was. Okay. And he almost caught a second touchdown pass, Yeah, I believe. Uh, just Russell Wilson's insane, so I'm I trying know. to get any piece yeah, on I mean, that offense. If you think about how Disley was doing, he's just picking up right where Disley left off. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, for the Ravens, you got Lamar Jackson, turbo boost, spin move, juke juke, stick. Put him into your lineup. 47 uh, yards to the house, man. He's nuts. <sighs> he receives the booty for me. It's so frustrating, too, for me, because I'm not a Lamar Jackson owner, but I am a Mark Ingram owner, and I'm Ooh, yeah. I'm just getting frustrated with the usage. Lamar is just too electric, and he takes away from Ingram's big runs, or even goal line carries. So I'd be happy with 12 points or more, but I honestly don't know what to expect. It's not much. In a money spot against Cincinnati, he received the smallest running attempts he had all season. So Lamar is going to be special more times than not, and if he is, it usually takes away from Ingram's upside. I could see them leaning more to the run, though. You know, as the season goes on, once they get a better record, trying to hold a win in place because um, they're playing from ahead. So I could see it working out a little way into the season. You would think so, but, man, this last week playing Cincinnati, just you see you, these green lineups where it's like, oh, you should definitely run against them. And then Lamar has one of his best throwing games all season. It's crazy. Yeah. Like, the matchup just made perfect sense to run, and it just doesn't go that way. Lamar is going to do Lamar things, and it's awesome for the Ravens. It really is. But it does hurt Ingram, unfortunately. Yeah, and Lamar is just so quick. Yeah. Like, he gets he gets drives done so quick. And, you know, before you look, they've already got a touchdown, and, you know, Ingram can only do, like, five snaps. Oh yeah. So um, that's I, also it too. I can't. Yeah, I can't lie. I I know Lamar Jackson can do things Mark Ingram can't. It makes <laughs> sense to give Lamar the ball. From that, Marquise Brown. We said it last week. He always has the possibility to bust open a big play, and he did just that. I expect more of it to keep up in this electric Texans offense duel, essentially. So Houston's defense is bad against the pass. So Lamar. Hollywood and Mark Andrews, they should all have big games. They're all receiving the booty for me. Yeah, little sneaky plug in Nick Boyle. I mean, if you're if you're you know you got nothing left, he's got four passes in the last two games at least. Touchdown the game before that, so um you know he could get a touchdown and you know get you nine ten points. Yeah, I hopefully you're not. It really depends on leagues. Hopefully, yeah. Hopefully you're not so desperate that you have to wait on a. Or you're shooting for a backup tight end. But they do do a lot of tight end sets. They love to use the tight end. Let's see if he can build a third week. And I would be hesitant to play him. But if if you must, he could be just a sickly scurvy start for you. (laughs) All right, guys. So we got the Saints at Buccaneers. Um, For the Saints, we got Michael Thomas. He uh, receives the booty in this one. Even in a game where the Saints didn't show up, Thomas still recorded a top five wide receiver week. That was such a weird matchup, dude. I know. And, you know, he always gets the booty, doesn't he? Yeah. I mean, Michael Thomas. He's he's number one. He's just such a good first-round pick. Yeah. Always works out. He got paid, and he didn't slow down. It's awesome. It's good to see. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I mean, he's great. He's great. I wish I would have picked him in some of my other leagues. Yeah. This this analysis might sound a little – it's not going to sound too weird. It's the Saints, obviously. But 
compared to last week, the Saints just didn't show up. That Saints-Falcons game was one of the weirdest things. So it's one of those games to me, you kind of just throw out the window. Um, Weird things happen in division games. I still think the Falcons still suck. I still think the Saints are a good team. And I think the Falcons might be getting better because they did, Dan Quinn did give up defensive calling. So maybe Mm -hmm. their defense is getting better. But I'm still not ready to trust it. I'm willing to bet against it for a second week. So we got, for me, mopping the poop deck, we got Alvin Kamara. His uh, PPR work keeps him relevant, but Tampa is elite at stopping the run. And he only saw four carries his first week back from injury. I'm a little nervous for Alvin Kamara in this matchup. Yeah, and I'm kind of with you on that one, Robert. Uh, I was looking up the stat the other day. It's kind of a weird stat. But this season, he's averaging 3.2 yards a carry with a 12-yard long and zero TDs on grass. And he's averaging 4.9 yards a carry with a 28-yard long and one touchdown on turf. Now, that's so, a stat. So, yeah, they have all these stats. How does um, he do on set? On gravel. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. So, I mean, I think it's uh, 17 stadiums or grass and then 13. So it's about half and half. Mm -hmm. But weirdly enough, Kamara does really well on turf. Obviously, at home, he's on turf. It makes sense. Um, But I never thought about that stat before when I looked it up the other day. So for for me, Alvin Kamara, you still got to play him. I mean, he is mopping the poop deck for sure. But that means you keep him in. Just hold back your expectations a little bit. I still think he'll get plenty of PPR work to save his day. He did this last week. It just hasn't been the studly performances you expected from when you drafted him. You know, he needs a breakout performance, and I feel like he might get it. He, it doesn't matter the matchup with this guy. He knows that he can do whatever he wants, so hopefully he bounces back and you know comes in right in time for the fantasy playoffs or the end of the season for you. Yeah, we'll see. He's he's got some tough matchups. He does. A fantasy studs do perform well even in bad matchups, but I I do like to try to avoid them if I can. We got Latavius Murray next. He is walking the plank for me. He doesn't share the same PPR value that Kamara has, and he gets limited touches against an excellent run defense. Just all of that is a bad formula for a running back, and so I'm just gonna avoid it altogether this week. This Breeze performance. It, for me, man, it kind of brings back nightmares. Uh, last year? <laughs> oh, my God. I, he, he was on your team last year in the league. Yeah. I, I mean, he. this is this is around the time he started to decline last year, he too. Fantasy playoffs. I, it's crazy. I literally told my friend who drafted him this year, uh, get ready because he's going to disappoint you come playoff time. Yeah, come week 15, he's going to give you 10 points. Yeah. So, yeah. So, for me, man, I got severe PTSD on that one. So, I'll say it again. Like I said it last year, every week in the playoffs, this should be a bounce-back week for Drew Brees. It's an easy matchup. He should light up the scoreboard. He does receive the booty, but I'm still terrified. (laughs) Jared Cook, he's only reached double-digit points against three opponents all year. But it was the last three games he's played, and one of them was Tampa Bay, which is the team he's playing this week. So Breeze's first week back with Jared Cook, Cook got 10 targets. That inspires a lot of confidence. And Tampa is second easiest against tight ends. Their defense is bad. We've talked about it all year. Tight ends suck. So Jared Cook is worth throwing in the mix on this one. He's going to receive the booty. But like all tight ends, he is an inconsistent play, and we'll just have to see how it goes. Yeah, you know, he has been inconsistent, but he weirdly turns it on. You know, like last season, he turned it on for, what was it, five or six weeks, and he hasn't really had that yet. You know, he hasn't built that good of a rapport with Drew Brees. Drew Brees was hurt. They're both in and out Um, of the lineup. Yeah, so, and I mean, they showed it last week. 
Drew Brees loves his tight ends. He they, he just hasn't had one yeah. in a couple years. So hopefully, if you pick Jared Cook, if you're that stupid and you picked him in the fifth round, <laughs> I, so I just cruel. I still I still don't get how people were picking him that early. But yeah, I would I would hang on to him and I would maybe plug him in. Yeah, uh, Drew Brees loves his Jimmy Graham. I don't think he'll want him back at this point. But <laughs> it's been a while. Uh, all right, guys. So for the Buccaneers, we got Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. They're the number two and number three wide receivers on the year coming into this last week. And this offense is so productive for the wide receiver position. With Marshawn Lattimore considered week to week with a hamstring, both Evans and Godwin have a chance to pop off in this shootout, and they're both going to receive the booty for me. Evans going for 40 if Lattimore's out. I mean, he's just, if Lattimore's not in, one of those guys is going to at least have 30 points. Yeah, no he's, doubt. he's been insane. Um, it might not be the prettiest, but his volume is unmatched. Uh, with 48 pass attempts last week, Winston, he is a good play against the banged-up New Orleans in Tampa Bay. He had 17.5 last time he played New Orleans. So he's someone to keep a crow's nest on, for sure. Ronald Jones, he had a great fantasy day, but was benched on the last drive after fumbling the football. And so he was also outgained by Peyton Barber on the ground. So Barber had 43 yards to Jones's 29 on the same amount of carries. So this was his first game to receive all the workload, and he didn't really show up, unfortunately, for Ronald Jones. So Rojo did much more in the receiving game, so it did help his performance a lot. It was kind of a mixed performance. It might have costed Bruce Arians' trust in Rojo moving forward, but we will see. Yeah, you know, I read something this morning about Ronald Jones and about how they're trying to get him even more in the passing game. Yeah, I actually Um, did read that too. And, I mean, he was their, what, their first-round pick last year or something like that? He was one of their high picks. Mm -hmm. They're going to use him. Peyton Barber's Peyton Barber. Ronald Jones could improve a little more, so I, he's, I mean, he's Ronald Jones, you know, we don't really know much about him, but. I actually agree. I wrote this after the game, and then I got the news about his receiving work. Ronald Jones is a good PPR back, so he is definitely worth it. We just got to hope that his yards per carry don't go down with receiving more workload, and that he doesn't fumble the football. We've seen it with the Chiefs. Fumbling the football costs you your job. LaShawn McCoy is on the bench now, and then Damian Williams fumbled. So I have the same fear for both of them. I don't want them to lose their trust after getting announced the starter. Yeah, if you're on Bill Belichick's offense and you fumble, he benches you the whole game. Yeah. I like it, though. I like it. It shows the players that, you know, a fumble is a big deal in the NFL. You know, a loss and a win, it's, it's big. Yeah. O.J. Howard, he goes back to irrelevancy now. Uh, He's not playing Arizona, basically. Although it was his first week seeing seven targets, a season high, it's not worth chasing. I think that was a one week to shine, and he did it. And it's not going to happen again against New Orleans. He's walking the plank for me. Yeah, just keep an eye on him if he's on your waiver wire. Uh, Really? Uh, He's so athletically talented, but he hasn't done anything. Yeah. And it's just because of the volume and the targets that are going to Godwin and Evans. There's just not enough to go around. Yeah, it's weird. Arians just doesn't use tight ends. Uh, Yeah. I I don't know why they didn't trade him, to be honest. I I mean, people were picking him. Uh, This is another tight end. Oh, I was too, though. No, I loved his athletic ability in that offense. You thought they were going to pass the ball all the time because Ronald Jones still sucked back then. Peyton Barber was whatever. The play made sense, and then they never used him. And that's what Bruce Arians does, so. I I guess coaching tendency was just more important in that one. I think Godwin got a little underestimated before the season started, and that's why all those Howard owners are kicking themselves right now for using a fifth or sixth or seventh round pick on him. Yeah, that's tough. 
All right, so we got the Falcons at Panthers for the Falcons. Matt Ryan, he kind of runs middle of the line for me. He slightly is going to be mopping the poop deck this week. Um, Carolina has a decent passing defense. They rank 22nd against quarterbacks. Not only that, but Ryan will no longer have his trusted funnel in Austin Hooper. Oof. Big blow. Yeah. Big blow. Fantasy I had him oh, yeah. out for a month, I think. So, I mean, for the playoffs, for the actual playoffs, Yeah. well, actually, the Falcons aren't making the playoffs now that I think about it. <laughs> um, but, I mean, it's just such a big blow. Like, he's going to be out the whole, pretty much the whole fantasy. So. Dude, I literally, like, my biggest competition in my league, he has Austin Hooper. And obviously, you don't root for injury. But when it happened, I was like, oh, I have a shot. I like, yeah. And then... I look, and he still has Mark Andrews. This guy has uh, – it's nuts. It pissed me off so much. That is what I try to do every year. Like, if I have two, you know, top ten tight ends, I hang on to them. Even three sometimes, if you're unsure about the productivity of, you know, this tight end, hang on to a couple because it is thin out there for tight yeah. ends. And it has been that way season after season after season. So um, picking up Mark Andrews early, it's paying off for you, just like George Kittle for me last year. That's actually why I grabbed Hollister. It's yeah. just because mm-hmm. I have Kelsey, and my fear of a Kelsey injury would just devastate my team. So having Hollister as a backup, I'm totally okay with it because it's just a waiver pick. It's not any draft capital. It's kind of mm-hmm. a good time in the year to take these gambles. Yep. So yep. hopefully it pans out. We'll see how it goes. I, I I do think that's a smart play to grab Hollister uh, just with how much they're passing in Seattle and also how good their record is. They're going to keep going, keep going. They're going to try to get the best record in the NFC. So I see them using every single weapon they have. Yeah. yeah. The The hard part to count out Matt Ryan all the way, though, it, it's tough to completely count him out because he does still have Julio Jones, Calvin Ridley. They have a ton of talent in terms of the wide receiver position to completely write him off. So that's why he's slightly mopping the poop deck. He does lose one of his big targets in Austin Hooper, though. So that's going to be tough. Yeah, bummer. Yeah. Um, Brian Hill, he showed up this last week. He is a capable workhorse. He's someone who's definitely you can attack, especially against Carolina. They rank fourth easiest against the run defense. So he's someone worth keeping a crow's nest eye on for someone you can slide into your RB2 or flex territory right away. Yeah, definitely grab him. Yeah. I'm, I'm sure he's already off your waiver wire. Yeah, but unfortunately yeah, we our, do this after. but Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see how he – I think this is going to be a one-week wonder type of thing it's a good play this week next week he will still also be the starter as Devonte freeman's out but it's a much harder matchup uh, yeah so we'll see how that goes freeman's just been playing like crap yeah the he's, whole season he's deteriorating yeah it's sad to see the running backs of yesteryear todd Gurley starting to deteriorate freeman it's tough man these are household names you know yeah and when they picked henderson you know high in the draft and then they had um brown their running back malcolm brown and, you know, I mean, they, they have some decent options, so they can do a serious committee. And uh, that's a deadly committee. Yeah. So um, they want to keep Gurley healthy. He was not healthy in the Super Bowl. Dude, I don't think he's healthy now. Yeah. It's not looking good. Yeah. He so. hasn't been running the same. Moving forward, guys, we got Julio Jones. He is receiving the booty. I expect a bounce back week. He faced Marshawn Lattimore last week. And then immediately after Lattimore went down, he bust open a 54-yard p- completion. So he always has a huge, huge threat for big yardage games. Uh, he's someone you basically can never bench him. Calvin Ridley, he'll have another opportunity with now Austin Hooper's out, Mohamed Sanu's out. He should be a part of the game plan this week. For the next month, the passing game will be him, Julio Jones, and a little bit of Russell Gage. But obviously Ridley's upside's way higher. 
and hopefully he can start to see more targets. He's kind of been disappointing, but he's someone worth keeping a crow's nest eye on uh, as a wide receiver three or flex play this week. Yeah, definitely keep an eye on him. For the Panthers, we got Christian McCaffrey. He is the fantasy MVP. Stud. Yeah, he can't be stopped. He is Blackbeard of the Seas, number one pirate. He receives all the booty. Remember when people were saying he's not big enough? To be an NFL, I remember people were saying that he's, he's too white of a running yeah, back. Yeah, <laughs> I mean he's too small. And then this guy hit the gym. He's yoked. He's just, he's he's just wonderful. Yeah, he's wonderful all day. Cash all day. He deserves all the play. Um, DJ Moore and Curtis Samuel they uh, they join him this week for receiving the booty. I'm choosing to ignore the Saints Falcons games as it's just an aberration, like we said. This Falcons team's defense is somebody we've attacked all year, and I'm going to continue to do it with these Panthers playmakers. Moore has separated himself as the more consistent wide receiver, but both see plenty of volume. Each have over six targets since week five, so they're both getting volume in this matchup. Kyle Allen, he now becomes a streamable asset uh, against this porous Atlanta defense. You can keep a crow's nest down. Like all tight ends, Greg Olson, he's been up and down this year, but his his best games are against the worst defenses, so it makes it kind of easy to predict. Um, you can keep a crow's nest eye on him. He's worth considering as a possible start, a low-end tight end one, I would say. Atlanta ranks 16th against tight ends, so kind of middle of the pack, but they're definitely not a defense to be afraid of. Yeah, and I mean, if you're thinking about getting rid of Olsen, I'd keep him. I mean, he's a good guy to stash. He's just a good um, guy. Yeah, he's just he's just a good <laughs> he's guy. He's nice. He's a, he's a fun guy. Yeah. Um, so, He'll be in the booth next year. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, so I'd definitely keep stashing him. Don't think that he's droppable. Um, I'd keep him on your roster. Yep. All right, guys, we got Cowboys at Lions. For the Cowboys, it's Dak Prescott. Fire him up. Um, as a Dak owner, I'm excited to say he is receiving the booty this week. Dak, he's quietly, he's been a top four quarterback this year. It's crazy. He's scored 18 points or more in every game except one. He has been nothing but money. And Detroit's defense has deteriorated since the trade deadline. He's really making a, a point for that contract, huh? They, he didn't get an extension yet, did he? So, I no, he hasn't. And I've actually heard people discounting him, saying he's not winning the big games like he didn't win the Vikings game. But the Cowboys... Play calling literally did anything they could to take the ball out of his hands on the last drive. They ran three times in a row. That was so stupid because Dak was lighting him up all over the field. So that's frustrating. I, he deserves a contract. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he's making $2 million this year or something. He's yeah, on he, the last year of, I mean, his the, fact contract, that, yeah, yeah. the fact that they haven't extended him by now There's a good chance curious. they yeah. franchise tag him, to be honest. That That's what I'm thinking. They, I'm they thinking. got a lot, man. They got Amari Cooper to deal with. They got Zeke jumped the line. He got yeah, paid. They're paying all their linemen. The defense, too. The, yeah, you know, they got to pay their front line. Jerry Jones getting that checkbook out. Yeah. There we go. America's team, you got to. You got to pay for it. Yeah. All right, so the one thing I would say is Detroit's been riddled with injury on both sides of the ball, their defense and their offense. Like, since they competed Detroit with the Chiefs and the Packers, they look so good in weeks four and six. And it's just a different team. Now it's a team you can attack. Amari Cooper, Ezekiel Elliott, they both received the booty. Without Matthew Stafford, Jeff Driscoll is going to be on the the opposing quarterback, and he might not score enough where the Cowboys' offense can kind of let up. The Lions aren't really playing for anything, so it kind of makes sense to keep Stafford healthy as best they can. Yep, definitely. Either way, though, the matchup is still too good to pull anyone. You, they're still receiving the oh, yeah. booty. You, you just It's not going to be the fireworks you expect. We'll see. Hopefully, Cowboys still put it on them. 
So we got Michael Gallup, Randall Cobb, and Jason Witten. For me, they're all worth keeping a crow's nest eye on. Dak obviously has the biggest eyes for Amari Cooper. But after that, he spreads the ball around pretty well, especially these last two weeks. Each player has seen at least five targets and has scored a touchdown. In this plus matchup, any one of these players is worth considering. You never know who's going to go off in this offense. Yeah, Randall Cobb's been sneaky. Caught six passes in the last two games. Yeah. Um, bad stat line two games ago. But last week had over 100 yards, touchdown. So uh, definitely, yeah, definitely keep an eye on him. And not only that, Jason Witten, tight end suck. We talk about it all year. Love that guy. He's got an option to do something. If not, score a touchdown. In the booth last year. In the playoffs this year. He looks just as rusty in both. (laughs) (laughs) All right, guys. So for the Lions, the hard part with predicting the Lions is that it's all centered around Matthew Stafford, who we said is questionable and looking to be a downgrade. So with Jeff Driscoll leading the way, the good thing is Jeff Driscoll did find a way to put up 19 points against the 26th ranked Chicago defense. So that's, that's good. It shows you a floor. But the reason he was able to do that is because of volume and he was mobile, which is awesome. He threw 46 passes that day. So whoever does make this start, and it's looking like it will be Driscoll, the one thing we know is they will get a ton of volume. This offense is just back to its old ways of just throwing nonstop. They basically don't have a run game. So at least you've seen a floor against a tough defense. He faces another tough defense this week, the 28th ranked defense against quarterbacks. So I think there's a lot better streaming options. But if you are in a pinch... And you do need a quarterback. He does make for a sickly scurvy. <laughs> yeah, you play. know, I, I mean, I could see him getting a little better. Chicago's tough. Yeah. So he only had one interception, no fumbles. He covers the ball pretty well. You know, I'd like to see what he can do against, you know, kind of a worse defense out there. Yeah. So. But for NFL, yes, he's someone who has some upside to him. But for fantasy, definitely not someone I'd put in oh, at this no. point. Yeah. More for bye weeks, you know. So... Next, we got Kenny G. Those smooth sounds of Kenny G on the saxophone. That's the best saxophone we have, so sorry, it's not exact. But uh, he didn't have his usual prolific day, but that's because he had Jeff Driscoll as his quarterback. But he still managed to salvage his day with a 47-yard touchdown. So the matchup is hard, and the quarterback situation is less than ideal. But he's been a top 11 wide receiver, and he has been one of the most consistent players this year. He does, unfortunately. He mops the poop deck for me uh, because of his situation. But don't get it twisted. Definitely start him and basically just hope for the best. Last week, he was the fuck it Whirlpool player of the week. Oh, no. My favorite sound effect. Where <laughs> yeah, that's the best one. You see, you see the trouble coming up ahead and you play him anyways. This week, because he has Jeff Driscoll, his upside isn't as high. So he he does, unfortunately, get downgraded all the way to mopping the poop deck. But just like I said, just hope for the best. You got to play him. Marvin Jones, he actually played better than I expected. Considering the circumstance, he was 5 for 77. And so that's a 12-point floor you can hang your hat on, which is pretty nice. If I could pivot to another flex option, I would look for a better matchup this week. But last week with Jeff Driscoll, he did show that he was capable of finding his top two wide receivers, even in a tough matchup. Yeah, Marvin Jones. Hard to trust him just because he's so up and down. You know, he'll score mm-hmm. one point one week and then 30 the other. But, yeah, he's definitely a guy you can you can put in for your bye weeks and stash on your, on your bench for sure. Yeah, I'd much rather play him in a plus matchup like you're saying. Mm-hmm. Uh, Amendola, he still sucks. I hate him with a fiery passion. He gives me so much rage. Uh, 
He should already be dropped off your team, guys. He should, yeah. He shouldn't even be in NFL. Uh, he burns buildings <laughs> for me, man. He's, I tried to play him two weeks ago, and it just made me so mad. So drop him all the way to the bottom of the ocean. He is done for. We got TJ Hawkinson. He didn't kill your fantasy team last week. He's not a great tight end, but his schedule makes him worth considering each week from here on out. He's just out of tight end one consideration. He's closer to that 12 or lower range. It's kind of where I put him, but if you're in a pinch for a tight end, his schedule does make him playable. Yeah, I mean, for Dynasty Leagues, I might hang on to him because his future looks great. He's mm-hmm. their first overall pick this year. He was a stud in Iowa. He's a big boy. I would keep him if you're on in Dynasty League. Definitely, definitely. For this year, he's showing those yeah. rookie growing pains. Yeah, tight ends are never very good in their first year. Yeah, so. he popped off in the beginning. He yeah, actually yeah, did look yeah, cool. First game, but, he was yeah. really good. All right, guys. So, and then lastly, we got J.D. McKissick. Mm. My boy. Uh, he remains a sickly scurvy flex star for me. Uh, his work... <laughs> is in the catching department. So it gives him a floor, even if he doesn't do much with it. With the backfield basically to himself, he had six catches on seven targets, and he only got 19 yards. So that's kind of pathetic, but that still gives him a 7.9 floor. And then the yardage, it has to get better from there. I would assume so. So I picked him up this week. Um, He's my fourth running back on my team, hoping to see more, and maybe I'll consider him next week to put him in when I have to deal with Dalvin Cook's bye. But he's someone that I'm kind of just stashing for now. His schedule is pretty much easy all the way up until week 13. But he's not someone I'm, like, super excited to stash. Yeah, Ty Johnson, he's banged up. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I would definitely hold on to him for now because if Johnson's not a go, he could be a top 20 play. Man, that's high. That's... Uh, I, I mean, just 25. I can, yeah. I can see him getting up there Yeah. Um, just with his pass-catching ability. Um, you know, considering we're in a PPR yeah. format. Is McKissick someone you feel strong enough to do a pirate pickle bet on or no? Ooh. I'd be willing to uh, see if he ends up being a top. You could. We could either do it by ranking, like you said, top 20 running back, or we could do it by fantasy points. His line is 11.14. 11.14. I'll, I'll say he'll get four, above 14 points. Okay. Sound good? So, that, that's pretty, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I like that. So... Would you take at 14? Is it 14 and above? I'll give you 14. Yeah, 14 and above. Okay. Yeah, I mean, odds are it'll be, you know, not 14 on the dot. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. But yeah, let's do that. Okay. So you're not you're not a fan. I'll take that. No, I. <laughs> yeah. It's funny. I added him. I am a fan. Yeah. It's a good matchup against Dallas this week. I hope I lose this pickle bet, but <laughs> he's not someone that like gives me much confidence. You know what I'm no, saying? No, no. You, you know, I have Barkley because he's on a buy. I had to put McKissick in one of my leagues. So um, with Ty Johnson banged up, I can see him having a decent week. Yeah, oh, definitely. I might be doing the exact same thing when Dalvin Cook comes around next week, uh, his buy. So, all right, we got ourselves a pickle bet. So, 14 and up, that's you, Jared. I'll take the under, and our pickle bet is settled. It's on. Awesome. All right, guys, so we got Jaguars at Colts. For the Jaguars, don't even get me started on these Jags. Uh, Minshew goes across the pond, and he just stinks it up. And against a J.J. Wattless defense, I, I don't know what's up with these defenses, man. So many defenses have been losing their best player and then just getting better. It's the weirdest freaking thing. They've been rallying around it. It's like the third time this has happened this year. And now we got to switch that quarterback to Foles. So it's going to be hard to anticipate how well this team will do. But I actually have a decent amount of faith in Nick Foles. He did get injured throwing a touchdown. He was still 5 for 8 for 75 yards before getting injured. 
Like that's a great opening drive. Yeah, he looked good. Yeah, he looked good in the he, first drive. He did. So I'm still gonna be moving forward with these Jags. The Colts, they're not the best matchup. They're they're 20th against quarterbacks, but they're still kind of in the middle. And they do have Darius Leonard, an absolute beast. Look out, quarterbacks. What a good pick for them. He's the best. Darius Leonard is amazing. He's amazing. Yeah, my Colts fandom coming out here. But uh, his first week back, I wouldn't play Foles, but I'd actually consider stashing him. Uh, weeks, Weeks 13 through 16, he faces three of the league's top five easiest defenses against quarterbacks. And Minshew was great in the interim, but Foles might even have more to offer in this offense. Yeah, and QB department's pretty thin, just like tight end. There's not much out there, so um, definitely good to have a backup. So DJ Chark and D.D. Westbrook, they're the best two passing options to own in this offense. Foles loves to target his slot wide receiver, and that's going to be Westbrook. He was starting to get on a roll before he got injured. So I think he's got the chops, especially with Nick Foles, to get better. His stock's moving up. And as a Chark owner... Uh, you just got to keep putting him in there and hope he gets the same amount of targets as before. Both of them are worth keeping a crow's nest eye on. Yeah, uh, I'd, I'd try to get value for him if you could, if you still have trade, if you're still able to trade. Chart? Yeah, I'm, I might try to get some value for him and, and trade him away. I just i am not confident in him going yeah. into the playoffs. Oof, really, I'm actually, I have him. So Yeah, no, I, I know. I can tell. And <laughs> here's the thing with it. His playoff schedule is so many, like we said, Weeks 13 through 16, Nick Foles has a good schedule. So I understand trading him. A lot of people, they said the same thing about Mark Ingram, and I held on to him too long, and then he lost his value. So I totally get it. But he did throw a touchdown pass to DJ Chark, so I'm hoping there is that is true. There is a was, connection there. You that know? was like his only, that was like on the first drive, right? Yep. I mean, In fact, his only touchdown is to <laughs> DJ <laughs> Chark. <laughs> yeah. So I, I just, I'm just not sold on it. Jacksonville... Their offense, I, I it just scares me. Yeah. It scares me. I mean, he was a waiver wire pickup. It's only been smooth sailing since I picked him up. So it only helps my team more. It's not someone I drafted. I need to depend True. on, but it does help having him. Yeah, we'll see how it goes. Leonard Fournette, he is one of my favorite players this year. But I have him mopping the poop deck after one of the worst games of the season. He only rushed for 40 yards two weeks ago. And in that game, he still mustered out 12 fantasy points because of his added PPR work. So that's a great floor, and you'll take that any day of the week. So definitely still play him, but my expectations are going to be lowered a bit just because Indianapolis, they do rank 25th against running backs. They're not the best, but they're also not an easy matchup. And we don't know how Nick Foles is going to change this offense. So I kind of want to see how the change in quarterback changes the flow of things. Leonard Fournette's a stud you have to play, but because of it, my expectations are a little bit lower this week. I could see his value going up, though. Foles, they want to keep him healthy. They'll probably be running the ball a little bit more. And yeah, I hear you. Fournette has always been injured. He's finally healthy. I can see him you know, finishing off this season with a bang. Yeah, oh, definitely. Is he someone you have confidence in this week or just oh, yeah. moving forward? Oh, yeah. This week, I honestly have confidence in Leonard Fournette every week. Yeah. Ever since I watched him play at LSU, that guy has been a stud. Yes. Um, so he's just been injured every year. He's just been injured. So he's one of those guys who you can't really depend on, but now you know I can see people depending on him so, week in, week out. So it kind of sounds like we're a little differing on Leonard Fournette and DJ Chark. Is there either one of them you'd want to take a pickle bet on? <laughs> Uh, yeah, Leonard Fournette. What's his, the line for Fournette? His is 16.79 right now. I could see him going above that. I could too, to I, be I honest. I could see his, him going above that. His PPR work's been pretty great. I was actually going to ask if you would be willing to move the line 
What about 17 and a half? 17 and a half. Let's okay. do it. Yeah, because his, his other matchups, he's still gotten 17.8, 16.5, 20. So he's in that range. He's been a beast all year. I think he's going to get right around that. I think 17 and a half is a definitely a really good line. Yeah. Okay. I'll, I'll take the above. Okay. I'll yeah. take the under. All right. All right. Pickle bet number two. Man, he's such a stud. This is another pickle bet that I'm totally willing to lose. I, I've loved him all year, watching him this year. Has been great. He's doing so much better than I expected, especially with last year's kind of tragic season. He was arguing with his coaches. He was injured. It was a down year, so he bounced back great this year. Yeah, now he's kind of the center of attention almost. You know, no Jalen Ramsey. So, I mean, they have a lot more attention for him, which they should have before. Yeah. Um, so I could see them focusing more on his game and even putting the game script around him, too. And sadly, no more Minchu mustache, but yeah, we digress. Man, that guy was cool. Yeah. He still is. Yep. Um, for the Colts, thank God Jacoby Brissett, he looks healthy enough to play in this matchup because I cannot stand another game depending on Brian Hoyer and Adam Vinatieri. Both of those guys just fell off a cliff so quick, man. It it sucks. They were working out kickers this week, too, but they decided to uh, stay with Vinatieri. I know they did, and it's killing me. I, I love Vinatieri. Just drop him. He's a Hall of Famer. It's hard to walk away from Hall of Famers, but I'm so ready to start the search for a new kicker. It's That's the weak spot in teams. It's hard to get rid of these veterans you yeah. know, who have won Super Bowls on kicks. Mm-hmm. So, um, I mean, that's It's Vanderjack all over again. Yeah. Like, Keep We've had to up. do this before. But, yeah, you're right. It is tough. It's crazy. This last week, San Francisco kicker, he almost, two kicks in a row, so clutch, and then he shanked that third kick. Just when you think you have a kicker, they're mentally, it just gets all broken down. Uh, so we got Jacksonville. Uh, they're not particularly tough this year, surprisingly, on defense. They rank 16th against quarterbacks, and there are better options out there. But Brissett, he is streamable if you need him. If you're desperate... But Marlon Mack and Zach Pascal, they're both going to get a boost having Brissett. So that's kind of the best part with Brissett leading the offense again. Mack's volume is great, but his lack of pass catching concerns me. Um, I don't really feel too strongly either way. I think he'll kind of have a run-of-the-mill performance. Nothing that really jumps off the page, but nothing that's going to kill you either. He turned it on last year, come week 15, 16, fantasy playoffs. Yeah. So, you know, don't lose your faith in him. Yeah. Because they're, I mean... They're in the hunt for the playoffs, so they're going to lean towards the run if they're in the lead. So I would definitely keep confidence in him. For me, I'm not a big fan of running backs that don't catch the ball in PPR. You Same. know what I mean? Yeah. It just doesn't make sense. That's why I faded Derrick Henry, Leonard Fournette. So that logic doesn't always work. Those those running backs are crushing it, and Leonard Fournette's catching way more than we expected. So you never know, but they do have Naheem Hines, so it does kind of cap that catching ability of Marlon Mack, unfortunately. Yeah, that's true. Zach Pascal, his upside increases tremendously with Brissett back under center. He's worth keeping a crow's nest eye on. Jacksonville, they ranked 19th against the wide receiver position. And when Pascal had Brissett under center, he scored 18.6 fantasy points against a similarly ranked Pittsburgh defense, 19th against wide receivers. So this offense, it's spread around among the tight ends, the running backs, but Pascal has a chance to stand out as the number one wide receiver with T.Y. and Paris Campbell out and no longer Brian Hoyer throwing him the ball. Yeah, and T.Y., he should be out this week and maybe next week, mm-hmm. so he could be a very good streamable option. Yeah, definitely. Even after that, you I never was, know. I was actually hoping someone would hate drop him this week so I could pick him up, but that did not happen, unfortunately. Yeah, I was one of those guys. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah, I had to pick up a couple wide receivers. That, it was either him or Crowder. 
All right, Crowder's been a beast. Yeah. You can't drop Crowder. Um, all right, guys, so Jack Doyle, Eric Ebron, they continue to go back and forth in production. They're pretty tough to predict, but Doyle, he's strung together three games with 10-plus fantasy points. He's scoring a touchdown in the last two games. He's actually been getting better. But Eric Ebron, he complained about his role in the offense, and he saw a season-high 12 targets last week. So that target volume would be amazing going forward. We'll see if they keep that up. Unfortunately, Ebron really didn't do much with those looks. He got a touchdown ripped away from him, and it turned into an interception in the end zone. So that freaking sucked. It pissed me (laughs) off. Uh, Ebron feels like the higher upside play, but either player is capable of catching a touchdown in this offense, and guessing who it's going to be, that's the tricky part. So either one of them can make for a sickly scurvy flex start, um, but they're really a tight end one, tight end two range. Hopefully you have better options on your team. Yeah, serious coin flip. Serious coin flip when you're trying to pick one of those guys. Yeah, it's tough. All right, guys, last game, we got the Broncos at the Vikings. For the Broncos, Cortland Sutton, he picked up right where he left off with Joe Flacco. We switched to Brandon Allen, and he didn't even miss a beat. Regardless of who's throwing him the ball, he pulled in five catches for 56 yards on the touchdown off of eight targets. So that is a lot of target volume, which is great. With most people expecting a downgrade at the quarterback position, it was actually a better showing than I anticipated. Sutton's floor is stable, it showed, and especially in a plus matchup against the Vikings, who rank fourth easiest against wide receivers, he's someone that's going to be receiving the booty for me this week. He's great. He's been great this season. Very good route runner. He's really shown his value. I had him and DJ Chark off of pickups, and I dropped Sutton like before he kind of blew up. It was around the time like Demarcus Robinson was out there, the Chiefs. And I picked him up for like those one to two weeks, and then I was like, damn it, I should have played the longer play. I wanted the Chiefs offense so badly. That's all it was. Yeah, it's tough. There's always that one guy that you wish you never dropped. Yeah. Every every season. Is Joe Flacco at quarterback? Joe Flacco or Patrick Mahomes? Like, it just, in my sense, I wanted that upset. Ever since Manning left, it's just been quarterback after quarterback. They just need to find a quarterback, and I could see him just excelling. Yeah, John Elway needs to stop picking the quarterbacks. He's awful yeah. at it. Um, Philip Lindsay, he's largely, he's felt inconsistent this year, but surprisingly, he's a top 13 back. He scored double digits in every game he's played except for two. That being said, Minnesota is one of the better run defenses. They rank 28th against running backs. So for that reason, he's going to be mopping the poop deck for me. In this, very, yeah, a very good front line over there. Yeah, but here's the thing. The offense is so limited with the Broncos. Like we said, Brandon Allen's in there. It's a downgrade. And then you know Philip Lindsay and Royce Freeman are going to split carries. All those means that he has less opportunities to make a big play. He's certainly capable. He's a very talented running back. But he just gets such limited opportunities. It's not someone I want to bank on. And then even worse, Royce Freeman, he's obviously, he's a secondary back in this offense. He'd be mopping the poop deck for me as well. Sometimes he gets a touchdown to kind of save his day, but neither one of these are backs I'd be looking forward to playing against the Vikings front, like you said. Noah Fant, he's someone that's worth keeping a crow's nest eye on. Since Emmanuel Sanders was shipped out, uh, he's been an extremely risky tight end, but he had a 75-yard touchdown that hugely boosted his production last week. And before that, he saw eight targets. So those are two back-to-back weeks that you would kind of take at this shitty tight end position. This is a low-scoring offense, so if you can avoid it, then you should. But the matchup is decent if you're desperate for a tight end. Yeah, he's definitely somebody to keep your eye on for next year. Mm-hmm. I mean, he I was looking at him earlier this year, and it just wasn't working out. Yeah. But he's definitely a very good—I could see him being a sleeper next year, so keep your eye on him. Yeah. 
and I wouldn't play Brandon Allen even in this plus matchup. Uh, he does just enough to keep the other playmakers afloat, but he isn't worth starting in this deep pool of streamable quarterbacks. Yeah, pick up Darnold or, you know, somebody else. Yeah, there's so many better options. Quarterbacks on the waiver wire, you can find those, thank goodness. <laughs> For the Vikings, Dalvin Cook, uh, give me that gas, boy, because he receives all the booty. He's cooking all day. I have the exciting play of facing Christian McCaffrey this week, but I have Dalvin Cook, so I, I'm hoping the two just cancel out. Cook does just enough to negate McCaffrey. We'll see how it goes. I could see him making a run for a, an MVP nod. Oh, my goodness. I would yeah. love that. You know, like because he hasn't had those breakaway performances like McCaffrey. Yeah. But the dude has been the so most consistent. consistent. 20 points every game, no matter what. So I could see if he keeps this up. You know, he's the league leader in rushing. I mm-hmm. could see him even cracking 2K. It, we'll see. We'll see. That'd be so freaking awesome. This last week, he had an amazing performance, and I couldn't even enjoy it because I still was getting my butt kicked <laughs> by touchdown machine Aaron Jones and uh, Christian Kirk. It was so frustrating. Kirk Cousins, he was pretty good against a tough Dallas defense. He got you 19.3 points last week when he was mopping the poop deck for us. So that's an awesome performance for him. But that performance only raises the possible floor of Cousins, which is good. But playing the stats, he'd still be mopping the poop deck for me this week. He's he's still out his number one wide receiver, going up against the 30th ranked defense against quarterbacks. Kyle Rudolph has been a staple for Cousins in the red zone this past month. Pick while, him up. <laughs> yeah, while Adam Thielen's been out. And he scored four touchdowns in the last four weeks. So that touchdown production has basically helped him and Cousins has kept his floor afloat, which is the reason he was able to score so many. It's just he's scoring these touchdowns to Rudolph, and that's super helpful. Gives you four points right there. So Rudolph, he's worth keeping a crow's nest on for sure because of the nature of the tight end position. But again, you're betting on a touchdown, and if he doesn't get it, his floor is absolutely awful without it. So Yeah, it's kind of like Noah Font. It's, uh, stay away from it if you can, but might be a good stash. You never know. Yeah. With Font, at least you get that yard it like he had that seventy five yard. He gets Yeah. With Kyle Rudolph, he's like that old Jason Witten man. Like you're not getting any yeah, yardage out of weird. him. You need yeah. you need that touchdown. So weird. You've been nowhere and then you come out of nowhere and score two touchdowns. Yeah. And that catch. Oh my beautiful. goodness. Yeah. That was a beautiful catch. He, he's got great hands. Yeah. Um lastly, Stefan Diggs, he is walking the plank. He's been under 50 yards the last two weeks, and that means less than eight fantasy points both weeks. It's no coincidence he's struggled against the 27th and 31st ranked defenses against wide receivers, and now this week he gets Denver, and they rank 30th against wide receivers. So I think this is going to continue his unsuccessful streak. Without Thielen, they can focus on him, and I don't think he's going to be successful. He won't beat the coverages. Yeah, Dalvin Cook's just playing too well. Madison also is in the mix. Um, just that run game is too too good, too good to stay away from. Yep. So. All right, guys, so that's going to wrap it up for our morning matchups this week. We're going to skip the Bills at Dolphins, the Jets at Redskins this week. Um, we had a lot to say about the previous six games, focusing on the more fantasy-friendly matchups. On the other teams, not too many questionable players. Uh, hopefully you know who to play, who's starting, who's benching. Uh, Singletary is definitely worth a shot in the matchup, and Geis slash Adrian Peterson. Uh, It's going to suck to figure out this week, so I'd stash both of them. Stash the pass catcher for now first, and we'll revisit that situation as it plays itself out. I'm Robert Gonzalez, your fantasy captain, and that was Jared Dusablon, the waiver wire gold finder. Pleasure, pleasure. Thanks for tuning in, guys, and don't forget to download, subscribe, and rate on Apple and Spotify Podcasts.